Welcome to the Connectedness Podcast. Just as you might have guessed, I talk about connection in this podcast. Our connection with everything in the world around us. We're connected whether we see it or not. Whether it's your connection with your dog and your cat, or your connection with your God. Also, I talk about things that are more abstract, like your connections with your career or your land, your community, your family, your emotions, your body. Life is truly all about connections. And the sooner we recognize this, the sooner we get to have an easier, more enjoyable life. I'm going to talk about these connections through different lenses, but things like synchronicities and coincidences or everyday little bits of magic or miracles that we tend to dismiss. It's important we pay attention to all of this to help us, like I said, live an easier, more satisfying life. So welcome to the show. I'm your host, Reverend Karen Cleveland. Hello and welcome back. Today I'm going to talk about some of the worst spiritual advice I've ever heard. When it comes to spirituality and mainstream media, you're going to hear all kinds of weird and bad advice because everybody wants in on the action. So people are going to just throw stuff at you and hope you purchase it. There's so much to choose from, you can't help but hear a blend of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, surely you've heard and read things to encourage you to think positive, to get over it, to get over your grief or sadness that, you know, just think positive or that you brought everything on yourself in your life, including this illness or this bad event that just happened. And then, of course, you need to fake it till you make it. Like any good advice or good quotes in this world, so many of these are taken out of context, and we really need to learn how to pull the helpful threads out from the shaming threads. Because really, so many of these things do nothing but to promote shame and embarrassment to the person seeking guidance. But really, when you hear someone tell you that you've brought on your own illness or your mom brought on her illness, how do you bring some of these things on when you've never even heard about them before? And being told to just get over it or think positive really doesn't help. In fact, it makes you feel a little bit worse because you can't just get over it. And you don't know why you can't. So these bits of quote-unquote helpful advice are really more detrimental to our well-being than helpful. So please don't take on the bad advice. If you could control all of life that easily, I'm sure you would be having the time of your life right now, right? You are you are not to blame for this. If we had 100% control over what everyone else did and everything else in the world, wow, what a party it would be. We'd be having so much fun. So in this episode, I want to talk about the many factors that go into our life experience. And while, yes, we can be in charge of how we react or respond to a situation and how we choose to proceed, We can't possibly be responsible for someone else's actions. We're just not. And if you could pray away someone else's bad behavior, could you imagine if someone else was praying about your behavior? 
Wouldn't that just make you mad? If we could just, you know, manifest new behaviors in everyone out there so that they behaved exactly like we think they should behave, that would actually be really scary because that would mean others could make you act the way they want you to behave. And I'm pretty sure no one out there wants that because that would be scary. That would not be fun because we all have a different idea of what is right. We all have a different idea of what good behavior is or bad behavior or appropriate behavior. So there's really no good or bad. It's just relative to who's making the wish or who's being the judger. Okay, let's look at this think positive and the fake it till you make it kind of thing. Like I said, there's some validity behind it. If you complain a lot, your brain, and I've talked about some of these things in previous episodes in different ways, our brain seeks to validate that which we're telling it. So if we are complaining about something, we are going to find more things to complain about. But when the root of the advice is to think positive, it's not to wash away any existing feelings you have. It's to open yourself up to a greater possibility of more good things, more positive things in your life. But it's not about denying what your actual experience is. We can never get rid of our experience. We can never change the way someone else has behaved towards us. So if we feel hurt, if we feel like we are being singled out for something or attacked, we can't change what the other person is doing. What we have control over is our response to it. We can allow it to sink in and believe that we are not worthy, that we are ugly, that we are stupid, whatever it is they're telling us. Or we can choose to not believe it. That doesn't change what they've done. I'm not asking you to forget what they've done. I'm not asking you to say it's okay what they've done. But for our own sanity and our own mental well-being, we need to believe that we are not the bad things they say we are. That we are good enough. We are all good enough. That we are all worthy. That we are all beautiful. Now their actions are not something we can control. And we get to feel how we feel. No matter why we feel how we feel, we get to feel how we feel. If we feel hurt, if we feel betrayed, if we're offended somehow, we get to feel that way. But we also get to open up to a new idea of life out there. And there can be a lot of practices around events that other people have done. Release practices, exercises on not taking things personally. Don't just think positive and not acknowledge what's going on. Because if you just try to think positive over something, that's when you get in trouble for not acknowledging and trying to deal with the core feelings about it. Thinking positive comes after feeling, acknowledging, and releasing your current feelings. Thinking positive before you do any of that is only temporary. And it might help you for a few minutes or a few days or a few weeks, but it's not going to help you forever. So that's one of the things I wanted to mention. Now, how about the people that say something to the effect of what's going on in your body is your fault. You brought on your own illness. 
There might be some truth rooted in it deep, deep down, but I always wondered, how could I bring something on me when I've never even heard of it before? There's all these diagnoses out there, all these different skin conditions, all these weird things. How could I possibly have brought that on myself when I knew nothing about it? I certainly didn't dwell on it and think about it all the time and manifest it. There is something larger at play. And I occasionally talk about one of my favorite scientists, Rupert Sheldrake. He talks about morphic fields. And the whole theory of morphic fields is much bigger than I'm going to explain right here. I just want you to know that this is not all-encompassing. This is not a full explanation, but this touches on it a little bit. He proposes that information comes into our developing body, which is developing all the time, through the chakra systems. And that, that's not new. That's not his. That's not the morphic fields. But that the information that comes in is sitting out in a field and by field, I mean an energetic field, that belongs to a group that we belong to. So it might be a familial group, our relatives. It's like a group consciousness. So we might have a particular group morphic field or consciousness in our family. We might have one in the town we live in. We might have one in the culture we live in, or the religion, or any particular groups that we believe define us might have its own morphic field out there and it gives us information according to that and that at some point people get the averages of all the members of the group and it can shift and change with generations with time with location it doesn't stay the same because while we might be receiving information from this field we also have free will, and we're allowed to make our own decisions about things. We are also allowed to manifest conditions in our body if we choose to do that, which then puts that information out to the field and can affect future development. For example, people that live in a certain area might be at higher risk for certain developmental disabilities or cancers or illnesses. And it might be because there's a nuclear reactor down the street, but it also might be because there used to be. And generations later, even though we're not physically affected by it, it's in this field. And more people are being developed from this field. But it's in our field. And so people are receiving the information. And it may develop or it may not. One of his examples of understanding how this works is if we look at the cells of a finger and let me just backtrack for one minute many of us know about the seven main chakras but there's actually hundreds of chakras all over our body our body is receiving information from the outside world all over the body not just the seven main chakras so if we take our fingertip and we slice off some cells and they look at the DNA, and they look at the structure of the cells. The genetic makeup of the cells of your finger are the same as the genetic makeup as your nose and your knee and your toe. What tells your finger cells to grow into a finger and your nose to grow into a nose? Because there's nothing 
in that actual cell that tells it where in the body it belongs and how it's supposed to develop. And so that information is proposed to be coming in through our chakras. This is what a finger looks like in this, in this family, in this generation, in this culture, in this location. This is what a toe looks like. This is what a nose looks like. This is what the skin looks like. And that makes sense to me. So going back to the, you brought on your illness yourself. Well, not necessarily. No, I don't think so. There's a lot of things feeding our body information that we have no idea about. There's also something that is called race consciousness. And it's more or less a belief system, but belief systems absolutely affect our body. Think placebo. Race consciousness can affect how our body develops and how it grows and and what it succumbs to. And as well as mentally, what we believe and that what we feel is the absolute truth of us and what we feel is wrong and right, you know, our values, our morals. There's all these things that come through the race consciousness that affect us that we also don't really pay attention to, we don't necessarily know about. So we have these these contributors. We can't be responsible for those. But again, we're only responsible for what we choose in this moment and how we move forward from this moment. We can be dealt a really raw deal in the physical world, in the intellectual world, in the familial world. You know, we might get things that really suck, but it's up to us to choose from here forward. And a lot of things can make us feel sad, angry. We might have grief, disappointment, disenchantment. And it's important to recognize those. Like I said earlier, you you have to see that because it's always going to be there if you don't see it and acknowledge it. It's like the weeds in a garden. If the weeds are like these these emotions that we don't like having, or the pains in our body that we don't like having, and if we ignore the weeds and just tend to the flowers or the vegetables or the fruits around it, the weeds are still going to be there. And they're going to take nourishment away from the other plants. In fact, they might grow tall and take the sun away from the other plants. There's a really good chance they're going to crowd out the other plants. So the things that we are trying to nourish, to grow, don't even have a chance. Because there's all these little pieces of weeds in there. There's all these little pieces of grief and disappointment and sadness. We need to look at them. We need to know if they're there. If we pluck them out, which is not as easy as pulling a weed, I understand that. But how do we pluck them out? It has to do with sometimes it's mental therapy. Sometimes it's forgiveness and release work. I can't tell you necessarily how to change them. Sometimes it's just time. There's no fast track out of grief. Sometimes it's just the time and the space to process and to deal with it. And sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's healing work. Sometimes it's therapy. I can't tell you the way you need to get out of it in this episode, but if you don't acknowledge them and deal with them, they're always going to be there and they might die back a little bit, but they're going to grow up again. They're going to flare up again when you least like it. Here's your your connection exercise for the week. 
look for the weeds. It sucks. I'm not going to say it's easy, but what are the things you're not acknowledging? What are the things you're trying to hide from? Physical, mental, spiritually. What are the things you're trying to hide from? Acknowledge them. Awareness is the first step to healing something. Become aware of them. Acknowledge them. And then a way forward will reveal itself. And once you acknowledge them and begin the process of healing them, they don't have to be 100% healed, but then you can start to open up to the better ideas for your own life. That's all for today. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. That's R-E-V-K-A-R-E-N Podcast.com. There you're going to find the tools for finding more meaning and happiness in your own life. Plus, if you have a story that you want to share with me, either on or off the air, be sure to look for that form. Make sure you follow me so you get notified when new episodes drop. And also, I'd love to connect with you in my Facebook group, Connectedness with Rev Karen. So head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. I hope to see you there.